We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a Rangers pick basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. I'm one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast, live on Playback. My name is Tom Z, joined by Tim, aka Cranjus McBasketball. And Tim, it is starting, my friend. The ball is rolling. The options are getting picked up. They're getting declined. Uh, all the things, Tim. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, Tom. Happy to be here. It is weird listening to the pod intro in one-time speed instead of like one and a half or <laughs> double-time speed. I hear that a lot, yeah. It, but happy to be here with you. <laughs> well, yeah, man. We got a lot of news to dive into, so uh, let's do it quick. We're going to talk Bamba and Beasley, both you know, slightly different contract situations. Yeah, so they declined picking up Bamba's non-guarantee, and then it was the Beasley had the team option, right? So they still have the bird rights on Beasley. It's going to be a little bit easier for them to bring him back uh, with bird rights, Tim. Uh, expect to see these guys back or is this a sign that the Lakers are just trying to give themselves the most flexibility possible I don't think what we saw today with Bamba waived and Beasley's option I picked up tells us anything about whether or not they will be on the team this upcoming year I think what it tells us is that the team was not able to trade them if the team was going to trade them they would have grabbed them at those salary values and moved them if they wanted to keep them to play on the team Mo Bamba at $10 million would be an overpay. And Malik Beasley at $16 million would be an overpay. Yeah. Looking at the markets for those two players, as, as we have and as I'm sure the team has, they understand that if they do want to retain them, they can probably work deals out with those two players in, with more favorable terms, perhaps you know more total money attached, longer term, something that we had just kind of planned out potentially is if Beasley were to, you know, they, they drop his option and then resign him at like three years, $24 million or so, it, you know, much, much cheaper than he would be paid if they picked up the option. Um, but, it, you know, it kind of works out for both sides there. So they've done by doing this, they haven't yet declared what they want to do. They from here could in theory try to operate as a cap space team if they let some other guys go. They could from here just 
operate, you know, under the assumption that they're going to have the full non-taxpayer MLE along with the biannual exception, along with keeping Reeves, keeping Delo, keeping Rui. That's certainly on the table. I think what I was hoping to see, and as we talked about on Tuesday, is that route. Keep Reeves, keep Delo, keep Rui. Use that non-taxpayer MLE of uh, $12.4 million. Use the biannual exception of about $4.5 million. And then if you if you are able to negotiate the Reeves, Rui, and Russell deals low enough based on the market not being the best of those three guys, maybe then you do have money left over that you can spend on a Beasley that otherwise you'd be spending on a minimum contract. So that's kind of what I'm seeing. Shaq Harrison will also shout him out. He was cut as well. Yep. He had a non-guaranteed deal. So yep. we don't know. We know a little bit, but I think it's really all we've done right now is learn that the Lakers weren't able to trade two guys that they were happy to cut. Uh, they, those two players weren't able to yield anything via trade, which isn't surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It's not shocking, but like that's why we didn't really speak about Bamba or uh, Beasley, I think, in this free agent preview, kind of mapping out. We just kind of expected this, and um, we'll see if Beasley can get another deal from another team, um, you know, if they're if they're willing to take that chance on him. He's still a young player. But the other big news, Tim, that's kind of come out is that the Lakers are looks like they're leaning toward, you know, trying to maneuver to get to that non-taxpayer uh, mid-level. And they're targeting Bruce Brown, which I think we both are big fans of. I think that would be a great addition for that price. Um, but, you know, it takes it takes a little bit of opportunity cost to, you know, uh, get there first with these um, wavings, I guess you'd call them. Mm hmm. Yeah, potentially. And again, if they're able to bring these guys back for cheaper, I think it could very well be doable because I don't think the market for either of those two guys will be super strong. So they might be able to, you know, have their cake and eat it too, potentially, again, based on what the negotiating, what the market looks like for D'Lo, Rui, and Reeves. So TBD, but I like the idea of opening up that extra spending power. I think it's a smart path to go down. Yeah. If the with the market how it is, you know, don't just give D'Lo and Rui just a bunch of money just because you can't. Like, play hardball, try to control costs so that you're able to find an extra player that might be a rotation player here or there and and add on to things. So interesting path. DiVincenzo makes sense at the MLE. Bruce Brown makes sense at the MLE. I think both of those guys will be MLE players. Uh, We'll talk about some bigs today that might make sense at that price range as well. But then that BAE is another key piece. And we'll talk about some guys today that may be available for that BAE. That's not quite the taxpayer mid-level exception, but it's pretty close. And the Lakers would have that mm -hmm. along with that larger sum of money, which they could also split up. So they do, in a, in a lot of ways, have a lot of different potential options here. But and we could talk about it a bit more later today or probably tomorrow. But um I don't know. There, there's some paths I'm rooting for, some I'm less enthused about. And we've certainly heard a bunch of rumors to this point uh, about what LA is looking into. And some of them I've been excited about. Some of them I'm yeah. very much not excited about. But yeah. we'll we'll save that. Um, let's <laughs> it's like a this. minefield, Tim. It's like a Bruce Brown, Cam Reddish. <laughs> or, or maybe Dennis and Eric Gordon. Or, you know, like it's, it's very much... Um, Every other thing I hear, I'm like, oh, and then, a, uh, uh, you know, kind of reaction. Mm -hmm. But um, before we kind of dive into those bigs, Tim, 
Is there anyone whose option didn't get picked up who might be available that you weren't thinking? You know, I know Project Ghostbusters is great, but it's not always 100%. So last little check-in, uh, fall through the cracks, guys. Darius Baisley, Eric Gordon um, was mentioned. I forget who else. But yeah, anybody else you, you, uh, you're, you're curious by? So basically, we did not anticipate that one came as a surprise. Eric Gordon, I'm not surprised. We didn't actually, I don't even know. Do we forecast this? I'm going to go check right now. I don't know that we forecasted this, but he's not a guy that I'm interested in. So I, uh, but based on that Gordon move and based on some other murmurs today, it's looking as though the Clippers are positioning for a James Harden trade. Which, if they were to do that, it would be a signing trade, which would hard cap them at the first apron. And the way they could fit within that would be to let a guy like Mason Plumley go. And he was a guy that I originally had available. And I was like, no, well, they can they would keep him. Why wouldn't they keep him? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I've got him back on the table. So he's yeah, he's been one of those on the you know, on the border guys that can move things a little bit. There's, as we'll see here in a few moments. There aren't too many teams that are going to have much spending power for bigs. And so just adding one more good one into the mix trickles down a bit for a team like LA that may be using the biannual exception, which should be able to outspend the minimum contract teams. That that could be a big deal. So yeah. I, that was news that I was excited to see. Uh, I think we also saw what Harrison Barnes is returning to the Kings, which yep. to me means that Draymond's going to be going back to Golden State, which means yep. Kyle Kuzma is likely looking at returning to Washington, probably for less money than he wants. And so none of those teams are going to be dipping in and stealing guys that we weren't anticipating, though Sacramento still has some cap space. So I guess that's – don't. is there any other news that we've missed? A lot has happened in the past 24 hours, 48 hours. Uh, there's a lot. What we did have, uh, to again be transparent, I put uh, Andre Drummond was in the package, mm. and mm-hmm. he picked up his option. And I texted mm-hmm. you, uh, fuck, and <laughs> uh, quickly pivoted to Plumley after I sent uh-huh. you uh, the Harden news. So, yeah, things are changing quickly. Um, I still have the Drummond one up. Maybe we will publish both just to see. Uh, but I, I like Plumley. I, I think he would fit great with the Lakers. We, we'll get into it here in a bit. I, I guess let's get into it, Tim. These, these guys we watched some film on. We got Mason Plumley uh, with Dario Saric and Kevin Love. So why did you kind of focus on these guys as targets for the Lakers? Yeah, so trying to figure out, all right, who's available? How much money do we have? How much money do other teams have? And and what might that mean? So looking at the market, Orlando is likely in looking for a center. And they have cap space. And they have a situation where they, they could use some shooting. They don't have much spacing on that team. If they want Paolo to be able to go out there and cook, they're going to need to grab some guys that can space the floor a bit. And a guy who is should probably be going around that m- amount of money that would make some sense would be Christian Wood. So we've got Wood here. This is at the cap space tier. Why don't I do this? I'll hide those. So we've got Wood at the cap space tier. And I can zoom in a bit. Moving down to the non-taxpayer MLE, I don't see a team that like we were planning was going to be there. Now a team could certainly move into that range. LA could be here potentially, or they can spend that on Brown or DiVincenzo. But if they did spend it here, they would probably be that top player in the market. Then we moved down to the room MLE and I have Powell in here as a note, but at that room MLE or Sacramento is likely looking for 
a center and they could potentially be the top bidder on the market. Then we get to the taxpayer MLE, which is where I had LA could be this if they didn't. Uh, I've got a note later here in the doc. If they uh, you know, spent too much money and weren't getting the full MLE, that's why this is in red because it was contingent. Um, and then we get to the BAE and then we get to some minimums. I think the Lakers are probably going to end up either spending this BAE on the center or they might even be spending a non-taxpayer MLE on a center. And when we look at the teams that are looking for center, there's one up here, probably got a guy. There's a bunch of teams down here. There's only kind of two other teams with any sort of real spending power. So if the Lakers can just use that BAE, they're able to pat, you know, step ahead of a handful, more than a handful of other teams and put themselves in a good position. This is also why when we were mapping things out on Tuesday, spending a minimum on a on a backup big isn't an outrageous thing because there's only like two other teams available that could even pay more than that, that will likely pay more than that based on what the rosters look like. So if you do end up spending a min on a backup center, not the biggest problem in the world. It's not like there are 12 other teams that'll be outbidding. All of that said, understanding it's kind of a weaker buyer's market. Also, I'd say weaker availability. We've got Brooke Lopez, who... Milwaukee can certainly pay the most money and keep him around. If he decides he's he'd rather get out of there, he could be someone that's available at that not non-taxpayer MLE, and then he'd bump guys down. And he could be someone that LA, if he truly is available and is an int- is interested in, maybe they do go for him instead of a Brown or a DiVincenzo. I'm not sure what their preference is. If not him, Mason Plumley is a guy as we covered that that is probably being added to the mix as well. And then we've got guys that uh, their teams will be looking to retain them. Trey Lyles, Jeff Green, Matsu, Nick Richards, Jacques Landale, Drew Eubanks, Omar Yurtseven. Those are all guys that their team should probably be looking to bring back. Not for big money, but enough that for a min or BAE or possibly even a tax free MLE, you're not getting them. And then it leaves a whole bunch of other guys. And from that whole bunch of other guys pool, we grab some, some interesting ones. One you mentioned was Darius Sharich. He is interesting to me because among the stretch bigs on this list, he was the only one that kind of grades out as being in Mo Bamba's kind of tier, I'd say, as a three-point shooter, but did so while also being a better mid-range shooter and also a much, much better shooter at the rim. So I think that is a factor that plays into his favor. He's the same kind of general style of guy at a high level. Um, here are a couple of his badges. Uh, so when they, I guess looking at what LA has done in the past could tell us what they might do in the future. They went for Mobamba, maybe off court because it extended Pat Beverly's expiring a little bit longer. Maybe they could do something with it. Evidently not on court. Hey, if we could play this guy next to AD, we've got spacing and we've got a guy who's like a bigger body. Sharch isn't good of a rim protector, but he is 6'10". He's a strong box out guy. He is a better defensive rebounder and he can space the floor a bit. If we, if we look at his three point shooting data, he shot 39% B plus three point shot making. That's this difficulty adjusted proficiency. That's solid. We look at his finishing data, terms of creating shots at the rim, not all that good from a self-creation standpoint, but once he's there, he draws fouls. Well, he is finishing through contact quite well. He's getting N ones rather than two shots. 43% of the time he draws a shooting foul from two. Uh, he finishing at the rim shot very well on actually pretty difficult shot quality. 
So this is a guy that finished well. Uh, Bamba did not finish well this past year. So this is similar to Bamba from a spacing standpoint, while having a bit better, you know, finishing his mid-range games a little bit better, his passing data, this anything that's through the roof, but a big man, there's some good stuff here. So I see, yeah, like I'm interested, look at the, the, here's some of the rebounding data. Like there's some stuff here that, that intrigues me a bit. When we look at his rim protection, this info is not impressive for a big man, but I don't know. It's a, it's a guy that I think makes some sense. The spot up efficiency scares me a little bit, but he did shoot well as a three point shooter overall. I would expect him. He does a little bit better. That's the general thinking with him is, is he's going to be not a great rim protector, but that matters less for us because we're going to play him next to AD. Uh, but he's going to rebound better. He's going to be a scoring upgrade from a shooting standpoint. And if you can just get an extra big body on there on the court next to AD, I think that's valuable. So that's, that's what you'd be looking at with Dario charge. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In the chat, we had uh, we have a, a competing Lakers broadcast on playback that I'm getting information on Twitter for. Yovan said that uh, he's heard the Lakers link to Cam Reddish. We know that, and Utah Watanabe. So, but he also mentioned that Castleton might be converted into a full contract, and that. Apparently Tristan Thompson's and mm-hmm. the comeback. So appreciate that from the chat. Appreciate you for for bringing that up. But yeah, Sarge is nice to him. Um, I like I like his passing. Um, I think he's a good like connector role player guy. Is he somebody that could play with AD potentially because of the spacing? Or are you not really um, buying into that spot up uh, spot up shooting for him? I think it makes sense. Looking at his history, it's not like he only hit some threes this year. There's there's a bit of a a background for him with that spacing element. So he's someone that I would see offensively. He can stand on the outside. He can be a stretch big. AD can operate in the paint. And then defensively, he's a bit more mobile uh, compared to some other big men. So in a way, and, and, you know, he did play power forward this past year, though he wasn't anchor big defensively. I think him and AD makes some sense. I'd be some kinks to work out, but 
it would be worth a look in the way that I was hoping Bamba would be worth a look. But I think this guy's a little bit of an upgrade in a number of ways. So I, I see it making some sense. But he's not the only stretch pick that we had there in that uh, that highlight package, Tom. There's another guy that LeBron yeah. James is not, you know, he, he knows him. He's seen him around. <laughs> it's been a little bit. But maybe it's time for a reunion. Yeah, my personal favorite pouty NBA player who throws temper tantrums on the court and no one cares. Uh, Kevin Love. I don't know if anyone's seen it. You know, you've seen the clips. He's fucking throwing balls. <laughs> anyway, he his film grades out like fine for a guy his age. I, I'm con- am I concerned about um, you know like a a big time playoff role at his age? Yeah. Um, but can he still shoot? Yeah, it still looks good. He knows how to get in position, as we saw in the film, Tam. He's great at crashing the boards on offense, uh, putting a body on guy, you know, things he's always been good at and will probably be good at till he's 50. But can he do it at the NBA level? Can he not get cooked on defense for a decent price? Is What do you think his market will be? I'm really not sure. It'll be interesting. I think he might be a min guy just based on his age and the fact that like at this point, he's probably just looking to compete and given how little spending power is out there. So I think he's going to be a min. I think he's going to be a ring chasing men. I think he's going to be a guy that is interested with playing with LeBron. He had an outlier poor shooting season this year. This shot making is very abnormal for him. It's usually in the A to B range. I think he'll bounce back from that. And interestingly, looking at his three-point shot quality season by season, when we take a look at it when he was without LeBron James, since LeBron left him, his three-point shot quality grades have been D+, plus, D-, minus, C, F, and D compared to players within those seasons. Not good. He's taken hard three-pointers. D plus, D minus, C, F, and D. With LeBron, he had an A plus, an A plus, an A plus, and an A. So if he wants to go back to standing in the corner and getting spoon-fed some open threes, you know that might be a comfortable situation to, to try to pursue again. Just the stark, stark contrast in terms of the shot quality he was able to have generated for him from the perimeter. So I think if his shooting itself bounces back a bit, along with that shot quality going up, he can certainly space the floor. Defensively, I worry about him. He's a very good rebounder, as we saw in the film. Still very, very good there. Uh, gold, defensive rebounding vacuum badge. Really solid. Really, really solid in that regard. Offensive rebounding, pretty good as well. Perimeter defense, absolutely not. Interior defense, also not very good. He's a solid post defender, but other than that, not... Not all of that impressive there, mm-hmm. but from an impact standpoint, he is a smart guy. He moves. I, I don't know. Well, is, is the phrase, but like he's, he's pretty smart. He's got high IQ and he's been able to turn that into high impact, making his team better when he's on the court. Again, some of this, I think will bounce back a bit, but be stable spot up efficiency. You could do a lot worse post-ups, ISOs, being able to just beat a mismatch after a switch was something that in reviewing the Lakers scheme and reviewing the Lakers data, LA struggled against switching this year. And so if if you can get some switches with him and he can punish some switches in a way that when he Gabriel struggled too and Mo Bamba wasn't really able to do as well. And some of these other bigs the Lakers had, you know, struggled a bit with that that would be nice as well. So 
I see him as another as a min guy potentially that would be a smart ad with some upside. And if not, it's just a good veteran presence. And hopefully he can not pout too much. All right. So all that being said, Tim, how do you think the Lakers can navigate themselves to a good backup five situation? You know, we mentioned Castleton uh, briefly. He could be, you know, potentially, you know, more involved first year. I tend to be a little bit more hesitant to believe the rookies uh, will be that involved. But, you know, how how do the Lakers, you know, solve this? And do you think they'll eventually end up using, like, one of their few couple bullets on, on a big? I think the way it'll likely play out is the MLE on, like, a Brown or a DiVincenzo, unless Lopez is available, in which case, I you know, I can understand going for him. But the BAE, that biannual exception, I think is where we're going to see LA allocate spending power to the backup center position potentially. And if they are able to do so and they enter the market right here, they get in front of all of these teams and they're only behind these two teams. And so between Wood, Powell, let's see, Wood, Powell, Lopez, Plumley, several of these guys are probably going to be available. At least one of these guys is going to be available. And you've got some, some interesting options here. we got two guys with Wood and Lopez who were, were very strong spacers. Powell, a pretty good interior presence uh, as, as a finisher. Plumley, pretty solid in a lot of ways all around. Not a spacer, of course, but um, decent defender, smart offensive player. He's got some good passing to his game. There are other players available. I'll just list off some of the other guys we anticipate will be available. Uh, Mo Wagner, Jackson Hayes, Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Thomas Bryant, Robin Lopez, Nerlens Noel, Gorgie Jang, Frank Kaminsky, Dario, oh, we talked about charge, uh, Gabriel, Boban, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Moses Brown, Thad Young, Dwayne Dedman, Montrez Harrell, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Taj Gibson. Those names were in order with how the voting looked when people uh we, we put the the poll out the other day you know between these two guys who would you rank higher oh this is an interesting one which free agent has higher value on the market Jakob Pertle or christian wood Pertle? i would say Pertle. Wood? I, w- I would prefer i would Pertle, say Pertle yeah. as well yeah i would say Pertle. richards yeah Pertle. Pertle. so <laughs> doing a lot of these <laughs> 2200 times uh, has gotten us to these results. And so we can see here. So like Vucevic, he stayed where he was. There were a couple other guys like Draymond, Pirtle, Washington, Lopez as well. Like these are all guys that their teams should be able to resign them. If any of them are available for the full MLE, it would be them taking a discount. But these are some of the names that are just out there and kind of in order. And you can see there's just you know, the hiring guys, then it drops off a bit quickly. So if LA can acquire Wood, Plumley, you know, Mo actually grades out pretty well in this. Powell, I think someone among those three for the BAE would be interesting. Kevin Love at the Min would be interesting. Sharich at the Min would be interesting. And I think that's what the market will be for those latter two guys. You can take a look at Mo Wagner if you'd like. Um uh, if you are interested in more of a roll and cut big, not really the spacer, I think you're probably looking at 
Powell, Wagner. Well, and Wagner shot threes. He just didn't hit them. Um, I mean, Boban's out there. Uh, Drummond's oh, no. no longer. Okay, okay. At that point, I'd rather just play Castleton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think, and so, and I don't, did we talk, I don't know if we talked on the stream about Castleton, but I know I've talked about him a couple times. We did. Uh, we talked to him last week on Twitter. On pod, yeah. Yeah, like, he's good. He's good. I, I pulled this up to, to sort by D. LeBron. These are the best defensive players in college basketball this past season. And he grades, he ranks 14th out of 5,034 players. Wow. And that's, that's really good. Very high. Really, really good stuff from him. And he's a really shot blocker. His IQ to me is really impressive. Watching the film on him, it's not just that he blocks a lot of shots. He is patient with his rim protection and his shot blocking for sure. He stays on the ground as long as he needs to. He's not a lot of guys. They try to contest everything and that's how they get a bunch of blocks. He doesn't, he's going to make you commit and then he's going to do what he needs to do. And he's big enough and athletic enough to do that. If you, a lot of guys, you know, they try to contest too early. They give up lobs. They give up offensive rebounds. He won't just try to close out to you. If he knows he can't disrupt your shot, he'll stay home on the guy standing there waiting for the offensive rebound and he'll box out. So I think that that patience, that just under control attitude, he's not in the popcorn machine is really, really impressive for a college player. And that's the kind of like, those are the kinds of instincts that I think translate really well. I think you can certainly fill out a little bit more with his frame. He's a big guy. Didn't finish as well as I would like him to finish offensively at the rim, but still decent. And we've spoken about how his, his like jump shooting is non-existent, but it, as a anchor big on defense and a rolling cut big on offense and someone that also, you know, occasionally, like I, I want to see more film on him hedging. I don't know if there's much film on him switching, but like I, I want to see a little bit of that mobility tried and tested in, in preseason and summer league because if he can, you know, execute some hedging, I, I think he's he's an interesting player and someone that I would be comfortable as my third string center. And the way I see that materializing is LA will probably keep a roster spot open and not fill out the full roster and then either have him on a two-way. I think you put Swider, you keep Swider, you put Hodge and Castleton on your two ways, and then you've got JHS and Max Lewis on the roster. Or as as you had mentioned, and I had drawn I actually had this up, I think, two days ago, having him in here so that you're paying less than the vetman. Yep. And then you can use this spot on Alex Fudge or is there is that it? I think he's the only one that's not in here, right? Because we got one, two, three, four. Yeah, I guess Fudge would be the last guy. So then you could keep all, you know, on under contract, all of the guys you did. Acqu- oh, no, wait, actually, uh, Baugh. Is that how you say his name? Um, LA went and got another one, another undrafted free agent. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. Yeah, Castleton, I see, is, is being a guy who, like, that's a good fallback option as your third string guy. And then if you wanted to spend your BAE on a guard and your full MLE on a DiVincenzo or a Brown, and then with your bigs, you're able to get, like, I don't know, Powell and Kevin Love, both at the minimum or something like that. That would be, to me, a, a pretty exciting potential path forward. So it's it's just kind of about like who you can grab, and I think there will be some centers that are very much worth more than the men that'll be available at the men. 
Yeah, because like to your point earlier, it's not the position of need uh, for a lot of teams. You're you're laying out here uh, for our audience who maybe join late. This is essentially who you're projecting to be targeting a center and what they might have to get it. Is that right? Sorry, unmuting myself. Yes, that is correct. So we think Orlando is going to be a cap space team. We think Sacramento is going to be a room MLE team. Cleveland at the BAE. And then there's not a whole lot else. If you look at some of these other areas, there's a whole lot more teams in this middle ground spot here. But at center, you just don't quite have that. And that's why, you know, the fourth best guard, like, okay, so one, two, three, the fourth best center potentially could be paid the mint in this market among guys who aren't changing teams. The fourth best point guard is going to be paid the non-tax per MLE. The, the fourth best like wing is going to be paid like the non-tax per MLE. That's why, you know, just looking at who's available, you might be able to get some bargains. And that's why I'm not as worried about allocating a minimum contract on that roster spot. Yeah, a lot of eyes are on Milwaukee right now. Are they going to pay both Middleton uh, and Lopez? And, you know, Portis is also a free agent. Um, so it's interesting. I, I didn't expect Lopez to be available at that number, let alone the Lakers to be linked to him. A lot of, you know, agent reports out there in the news cycle right now you know as we talk about uh news with the you know certain agenda behind it getting out in certain ways but i i think the bruce brown one is the most likely still to me at this point tim as far as the mid-level goes but i don't know what you're you've been kind of reading recently as well that's my expectation yeah, I don't see him making sense as a top target for any of the cap space teams. And at the full MLE, the Lakers are in a really good position compared to Denver. The worry with him, based on you know past prior you know negative experiences with Kawhi Leonard and others, is I sure hope the Lakers don't get strung along waiting for him. And then he takes his time. He takes his time. And then he goes back and signs with Denver, and then the Lakers are caught with out other good alternatives because the other guys they would have targeted, their plan B, their plan C, their plan D, those guys have already signed with other teams. So that's the only thing you're worried about. If he makes a quick decision, you're in a pretty good spot either to get him or to move on and grab another good player. And even Chesley's not someone I've seen much coverage on nationally with the Lakers tied to, but he's also someone that I expect. And we have him going to the Knicks for the full MLE. He's someone that should also be getting that same amount of money. So two potential good options there, depending on who you're able to attract. And I think you can make the argument that DiVincenzo makes even more sense. He's a better shooter. And Stuff happens fast, though. What if New York trades for James Harden? I don't agree with it. I don't think that's going to happen. But you know what I mean? Uh, Clippers deal falls through. They don't trade Harden right away at all. I don't know. Stuff happens. So mm -hmm. you got to be ready. Um, but... Looks like right now Bruce Brown has been LA's target and there's mutual interest there. And they definitely, definitely would never tamper to like make these additions <laughs> 24 hours before. So it's, oh no, what's going to happen? <laughs> no comment, uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> this is a fun season, Tim. It's tampering season. This is what uh, some of the NBA fun is all about, so. I don't know. Are there any other guys or any other notes, thoughts we haven't hit? I mean, is anything broken since we've been live that we've missed? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't What's believe. So. Well, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I haven't been on Twitter. 
let's I'll pull up Mo Wagner for the people. Uh, not a shooter. He shoots, but but he's not not shooting accurately. Finishing at the rim, he had a good percentage at the rim on very easy shots, so his rim shot making was not as impressive as you might think. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Okay, rebounding. Okay, as a hedging guy in mobile coverages. Oh, oh God. Zeroth uh, percentile and rim point saved, meaning that 100% of players uh, <laughs> save more points at the rim than him. Um, okay. Per okay. 75% per game, when Mo, Vonger, when Mo Wagner contested shots at the rim, the other team gained an extra point about per, per game with starter minutes. Woo. That's not very good. Guard centers yeah. about half the time. I mean, he was, was decently impactful. I just, he's, he's more your mobile uh, big man than he is your rim protecting big man, but pretty effective spot up guy this past year. Very, very good post player when he was posting up. So there, I don't know. There's some appeal. I just don't know about the fit. The thing like for right. me, if you're looking at adding a center alongside Anthony Davis or just backing up Anthony Davis, just in general, I think you're looking for a guy that can space a bit or a guy that's more of, you know, one of those dominant forces around the rim, real strong finisher, maybe a lob threat and the defense is a really strong shot blocker. Most not that. And so I don't think he would, uh, I don't think he would quite fit the need there. Yeah, I think I like love more if it's for the minimum. I think, you know, that even though the age is there, you know, I think that uh, ready-made role is a little bit more valuable um, personally, but I haven't watched a ton of Mo um, last season. Tom, can I uh, interest you if you're if you're looking at navigating the desert that is the regular season and a gentleman named Moses Brown, uh, he played like 200 <laughs> minutes this year and was good. You and was good. Okay, but uh, okay, get ready, everyone. Our this year, our Mike Muscala Award um, is going to <laughs> Moses Brown. Come I on, scored down. 100 points in the paint and and 2K two K game one time with a Moses Brown, I think Damian Jones front court or something stupid. Oh my god! Uh, it was an expansion team. Um, <laughs> you know he he didn't play much last year. The rebounding data is ridiculous though. This guy's so big. He's so big. He can't he can't move very well perimeter wise. But among the elites when it came to rim protection and offensive rebounding, and was a, you know a decent finisher. So. I just think, I, again, this is a min guy, but he's a min guy who's going to be in his age 24 season, who's 7'2". I wouldn't mind throwing a flyer at him and, you know, spending an end of bench spot there and seeing if you've got something, if you can develop him into a player. He's like a non-guaranteed just, just guy throw it out bring there. into camp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> give him a look. And uh, I stand corrected. Murph is correct. Uh, it should be the Ian Clark Award for those who oh, yeah. have been listening for uh, way back. That was that was Tim's original man. Yeah. So Ian Clark, he was a Warriors player. I vividly remember sitting in our uh, in a hotel in Vegas, <laughs> recording a podcast with you 
Wow, your brother's on the other side of the room shaking his head as I'm talking about Ian Clark uh, <laughs> and how That's he right. was, you know, not just a good catch and shoot guy, but he was able to self-create twos, self-create threes. And it was like, this guy's probably going to be a minimum player. There's some upside here at his age for how he played. Uh, I don't know, man. And so I was wrong six years ago uh, about a minimum contract player. But I, there are still people, Tom, on, on Twitter that will <laughs> make, like once every other month, like once a quarter, they need to to tweet out, oh, I can't believe people listen to this guy. He thought Ian Clark was going to be good. <laughs> and it's very funny to me because, again, it was a million years ago. And uh, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's not like you were telling people to like bet on this guy for six man or something like um, crazy. You were just looking for those... Uh, the extra juice, uh, the extra squeeze. Yeah. You know what I mean? and, and we ended up hitting on some of those guys, you know, every year. Jeff Green was one of those guys where it's like, yeah, this guy's going to be better than uh, he'll be a value. He was 26 that year. I'm pulling up Ian Clark's player profile. Finished pretty oh my well God, at the no, rim. And the podcast now. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. You can join us on Playback Live Monday, Tuesday, Thursday at 6. Pacific. We're gonna go live tomorrow, Tim. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say maybe like 10, 15 minutes before three. Maybe stuff starts popping off. See what I can get back. But um, yeah, thanks everybody for joining. As always, you can get in our Discord where more fun and you know speculation is happening all the time by screenshotting us a five star review and DMing Tim or I. We'll get you in the Discord. Uh, yeah, Tim, you want to tell them about the uh, all the different tiers and such. Yeah, we got fun stuff going on in there. Uh, we've got a tier that gets you access to bonus pods. We've got a tier that gets you access to the bonus pods plus X's and O's content if you're interested in learning the scheme, tactics, strategy of the game. Whether and, and we've got people. It's been so cool having people in that community go through that content. Where there's about 24 hours of recorded video content get, bringing you from A to Z. You will go through that and be able to see the game at a different level. And we've got people in there who were coaches or just Laker fans who wanted to enjoy the game more, enjoy the team more, see things better. We've got people who are, were in there like, man, I can't lose in 2K now because I know like all the rotations and how to break them and ro- what plays to run. So, it, you know, you can come from a lot of different backgrounds. It'll give you a good, you know, foundation and go into some good advanced stuff as well. How do we attack drop coverage? How do we attack switching? How do you beat soft hedging versus hard hedging? All of those different things. Really, really, really good value. It's like ten dollars. Um, so it is something that's not going to be up f- it, six months from now because we are working on a replacement product over at Bball Index. Uh, so I was actually on a call about that right before this. So we've got some cool stuff in the works there. But while you still can go check that out, it's at the courtside tier in the Discord. There are a couple other tiers as well that get you access to some other channels. Want to shout out some of the folks in those tiers. Shout out to friend of the pod, Court Prowess, for rocking out with the arena sponsorship, as well as to TJ Tematagi, Zach Harris, Q Daddio, iPod Shuffle, Miguel, T Shuttleworth, Omar, Roy, Abdulrahman, Camille Mason, Doppel, and Romario, all for living the high life with us in the, in the owner's box, as well as to those folks in those courtside on Lower Bowl Cruise. Folks, it's a great deal. It's a great community. We're going to keep the conversation going. Join us tomorrow. We'll be here. I'll have my. Uh, I'll have my spreadsheet pulled up and we'll be able to track who's going where and what that means for the Lakers and try to sort things out as they're happening live rather than just sitting back and 
crossing our fingers. So it should be a good time. Yeah. We'll, it, it'll be hopefully a very good day. And whether it's a good day or a bad day, we'll be able to enjoy it or, you know, mourn together. And, and that's that's the promise of the stream here. We can't make the games good, but we'll, we'll make things better. Exactly. It'll be a safe place no matter what happens. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone. Have a good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.